0: friends this is pastor bill clark welcome to the podcast hello friends are the first two words i begin each message that i get the privilege to share each sunday i get to tell my friends about the greatest friend jesus christ i also consider friends to be one of the greatest gifts a person can have in this earthly life most of the episodes will be messages i share each sunday but from time to time i'll invite a friend to share some of their life with us over a beverage I pray these episodes bless you and help you on this journey of life. God's blessings to you, friend. This is a message I shared at Timothy Lutheran Church on Sunday, July 2nd. You might notice a uh, patriotic theme or talking about country and so forth. This is uh, our patriotic worship that we have at Timothy, and this message was tied in with that worship. We're also covering Romans chapter 7 as we're going through Romans this summer. Let us pray. Lord, I ask that you speak through me this morning. Lord, may the words that come from my mouth give honor to you and your holy word. Please continue to guide me with your words to send and equip this flock to grow your family and show your love. I ask all of us in the name of our crucified and resurrected Savior, who died and rose for our sins. Amen. Hello, friends. I see some new faces out there, too, so hello, friends, is how I started every message that I've ever preached here at Timothy from over two years ago. So today, we, as I said in our welcome, we continue our sermon series on Romans. Now, a good preacher would read this today and just skip right over it because this text is kind of not... Well, Paul could have wrote it a little better in this part, honestly, because it's kind of hard. You're like, what are you talking about, Paul? But we're in Romans chapter 7 today. I committed to doing this sermon series so it forces me to get in this text, which forces you to get in this text, because most times... I would have probably picked the gospel reading and went with that one today. Reminder: There's a Bible study in your in your bulletin, so if you want to take some notes while we're going through this, or if you want to look at it later on this week, uh, please feel free to do so. So first, I want to say thank you to Pastor Kruger for preaching last week, preaching on chapter six of Romans. I watched it online. Talked about baptism. Now, baptism is very important for us today as we continue into chapter seven. So. Don't forget about baptism because we're going to talk a lot today about law and sin. Law and sin. So Pat, go back to last week. A very important key verse for us to keep in the back of our minds this morning. Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into His death? Now if you weren't a Christian, you'd read these words and you'd wonder, what's what's the benefit? What's the benefit of being baptized into the death of Christ? For us as Christians, it means everything. Because baptism connects us to Christ's work. It clothes us in His righteousness. Because Christ paid the penalty of our sin. Through baptism, Christ's work is applied to us. That is everything. Without Christ, without our baptism, we would be living our lives under the law. And that's exactly where Paul takes us today. Our reading, Romans chapter 7, Paul writes the word sin 10 times. And he writes the word law 14 times today. Paul is going to hammer away at sin and the law. But keep Romans chapter 6 in the back of your mind. Because if you don't, you might wonder where where is Paul going today? What, What is he talking about today? Now, just reminder as we're going through this Roman series that this book, this book of Romans is one constant letter written by Paul. This letter is written by Paul to appeal to the Christians in Rome. Many of those Christians once lived under the law. So as Paul's writing this letter, he shifts from baptism in Romans chapter 6 to show us that those who are baptized not only have died in Christ, but his death then makes us free to live unto Christ. When I went through the reading a couple times this week, what Paul is essentially doing our reading today is attacking those that oppose the freedom that's won only by Jesus Christ on the cross. It's as if Paul is an attorney, and he has a witness on the stand who is a hostile witness, a witness that doesn't agree with what Paul is saying, and he's just hammering away at what they believe. And remember, before his conversion, Paul knows the law because Paul lived under the law. So instead of taking this defending stance, Paul goes after those that oppose Jesus and the freedom won on the cross. He knows he is right about what God has revealed to him. So he goes on the offense and attacks those who want to live by the law alone. Our reading started today, Romans chapter 7. The law is binding on a person only as long as he lives. And then Paul goes into this illustration from Marriage. That's from the law. He's basically saying when death occurs, an individual undergoes release from the obligation to the law. In the same way, in the covenant of marriage, you're no longer bound to it. The living spouse is no longer bound to it when the other spouse dies. Well, this is a good illustration about the law that applies to marriage. He's taken it right from the law. And it's helpful, but it has its limits. And Paul is mindful of those limitations. He continues his attack on the law in Romans chapter seven, verses four through six. So Romans seven four is really what sums up Paul's argument today and his attack that he's laying out. It says, Likewise, my brothers, you also have died to the law through the body of Christ, so that you may belong to another, to him who has been raised from the dead, in order that we may bear fruit from God. What Paul's doing here is he points out the baptized have died in Christ, but his, this death then makes us free to live in Christ. That's a little bit complicated way to do it. Like I said, he could have made this part of his letter just a little simpler for us to understand. What Paul is doing here is he doesn't want us to dwell on our own sin and keeping the commandments. Paul wants us to know the freedom found only in Jesus Christ. But Paul spends most of his time today hammering away at law and sin and talking about that today. The law for us was fulfilled by Jesus in His obedience to live the perfect life under the law, only to be sacrificed for each one of us. John the Baptist said this, pointing at Jesus. He said, Behold the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world, Jesus, the Son of God, without blemish, was the perfect sacrifice for all mankind. And as Christians, we are not united to Jesus by His death. We are united to Jesus in our baptism. Go back to Romans chapter 6. Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into His death? We were buried, therefore, with Him by baptism into death in order that, just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. In our reading today, every time you see the word sin and law in our reading, remember not your sin and failure to keep the law, but that you are a baptized child of God. Through baptism we are free from the law's condemnation. That's what Paul is defending today. That's what he's defending in our reading and his attack on the law and the sin. And then very subtly, you notice at the end of Romans 7-4, Paul tells us to bear fruit. And it's not just to bear fruit, but because of our baptism and being connected to the death of Jesus Christ that paid for our sins, we're able to bear fruit for God. It's a subtle statement about bearing fruit for God. In that subtle statement, Paul is attacking those who live under the law. He's basically saying, you're worse than a dead tree to be able to produce fruit for God. But under the grace and freedom of Jesus Christ, we're able to produce this blessed fruit. Not for ourselves, but for God. Good fruit for God is not just keeping the commandments. It's helping our neighbor to keep their commandments. It's not just not to covet, it's helping our neighbor... Keep what they have. Back in 2017, my wife and I were on vacation in Nashville. We got to visit this place. This is the Hermitage. It's a plantation outside of Nashville. Now, the Hermitage is the home of President Andrew Jackson. He lived there before he was president and after he was the seventh president of the United States. He was president from 1829 to 1837. Now, as we took the tour of the home and there's 1,000 acres of land, you can see this true rags to riches story of Andrew Jackson. Andrew Jackson left home when he was 13 years old. He was a victorious general in the War of 1812. He served his country as a governor, as a senator, and a president. He passed the bar exam and became a lawyer when he was just 21 years old. As president, he worked for the common man. He was against the Washington insiders of the day. His plantation was one of the largest in the country. And he took great pride in hosting people who visited him there. He adopted three sons. He loved his country, the United States of America. Andrew Jackson was said to be a very passionate man. They said he could go from being very pleasant to a storm of rage in a snap. But for all those who supported Jackson, there were those who had opposed him. Many have compared another president, President Donald Trump, to Andrew Jackson. Andrew Jackson was the largest slave owner in the South. When he was a general, he drove all the Native Americans out of the South and to the West. While he was married, he had an affair to another married woman, who later died between the time Jackson was elected president and sworn in as president. Jackson killed a man in a pistol duel, and the bullet from the duel was lodged in his chest until the day he died. Andrew Jackson was the first president to be impeached. It seemed either that you supported Andrew Jackson or you didn't, and it split the country equally. Sound familiar? As we're going through the hermitage, I saw this quote from Andrew Jackson. He gave his farewell address after being president for eight years. I thank God that my life has been spent in the land of liberty. That he has given me a heart to love my country with the affection of a son. As I read this quote from Andrew Jackson, I could feel his true thankfulness to God for the blessing that he had given Andrew Jackson. A far from perfect man serving a far from perfect country. You know, each of us can relate to Andrew Jackson. I thank God that my life has been spent in this country. He has given me a heart to love my country. I love the United States of America. But more than that, God connected us through baptism to him to bear fruit for him. You know, I can and would bear fruit as a Christian no matter where I was born, no matter what nationality of earth I hold, I have documents at home in my, in my safe, my passport, my birth certificate that tells me I am a citizen of the United States of America. But one day, those papers ain't going to matter. What matters most is my baptism certificate. The waters of baptism. I am connected to the cross of Jesus Christ. And through your baptism, you are connected to the cross of Jesus Christ. We enjoy the freedoms in this country. We are the land of the free. We thank God just the same as President Andrew Jackson for this freedom, but there is greater freedom. Through baptism, we are free from the law and the punishment of sin. The perfect life and sacrifice of Jesus Christ set us free. As I said, I I love this country, and as much as I love this country, it will never come before the love I seek to understand more and more as a baptized child of God. Now this country is not perfect. We know it. We see the struggle with sin. And as I look at that struggle with sin, most of that struggle now is figuring out what and what is not sin. Seems the Ten Commandments are up for interpretation these days. Last I checked in the Old Testament, they're the Ten Commandments, not the Ten Suggestions. Ten Suggestions that you can't apply to your life and interpret how you want to. You see, the Law of Moses, the Ten Commandments, makes us aware of our sin. Paul wants us to know that it's not the law that is a sin, it's the law that makes us aware of our sin. What, shall we, what then shall we say? That the law is sin? By no means. That's the Greek term for back in the day, like no way, right? No way. Yet if it had been for the law, had not been for the law, I would not have known my sin. I would have not have known what it is to covet if the law had not said, you shall not covet. The United States has always been the land of opportunity. The riches and the wealth found in this country are so far and above any other country in the world, it's not even close. There is nothing wrong with working hard and getting an education and making a better life for yourself. What is wrong is seeing what other people have and wanting it so bad it consumes you. But instead of breaking the ninth and 10th commandment, we just justify it or say, well, that was good for Moses this time, but... It really don't apply to me. I'll take you back to confirmation. You ready? Do you remember the three uses of the law? I'll bring you all up here and quiz you just like we did at confirmation, all right? Curb, mirror, guide. Do you remember those three words? First use of the law, curb. Knowing there is a God. The curb is about order. How I remembered it, you drive between the curbs, Right? You keep your life between the curbs. You keep your car between the curbs. God gives us a place to live our lives between the curbs He has given us in His law. The second use of the law, the mirror. The only way to know God, to know the divine judge of the universe, is through His Son, Jesus Christ. What's the mirror do? It reflects back at us, right? We see ourselves in the mirror. But more importantly for us as Christians, how do others see Christ reflected through us? And the third use of the law, guide. What we believe, teach, and confess. Because we have a guidebook, don't we? We have God's holy word in our lives to guide us. It's God's word that we believe, teach, and confess. And this is where we find the disagreement in our country. Because if you can attack the guidebook of God and twist and turn it to justify what you want to call sin and not sin, then it's a whole lot easier to look in the mirror in the morning and stay between the curbs, isn't it? Do you know what we do when we rationalize, justify, change what God's Word means? You just cheapened it. You cheapened God's grace for us. More than that, you cheapen Jesus Christ's blood shed on the cross. Jesus died for the sin that I don't no longer want to call a sin. Besides that, society tells me it's acceptable. Paul hammers away at sin and the law today so that, we, that through the sin and the law we may know freedom. Because the deeper we know and understand our sin... The deeper we know Christ. For the sins that I have committed against God, the more I know him, the more I know Christ. For the sins I know I have committed against others, the more I know them, the more I know Christ. For the sins that only God and I know that I have committed, the more I know them, the more I know Christ. And then there's the sins that I forget, right? We get here Sunday morning, and there's sins I forget. I even committed. I want to know them more and more so that I may know Christ even more. The more that I know the law and the commandments, the more I know my sin. And the more I know my sin, the more I know Christ. And the more I know Christ, the more I know freedom. Freedom.
1: So Jesus said to those who had come to believe in him, if you remain in my word, you are truly my disciples and you will know the truth and the truth will make you free. But they answered, we are the descendants of Abraham. We have never been slaves to anyone. So how can you say we will become free? You see, they answered Jesus in the same way we might. I mean, we're Americans, right? We live in the land of the free. We sing songs about it. We get together and have parties and fireworks, all to celebrate our nation's freedom. But Jesus was speaking of a different kind of freedom, a freedom that can only be found in Him. He answered them, this is the truth. Everyone who chooses a life of sin isn't free. They are a slave to sin. A slave has no permanent place in the family. But a son or a daughter? They belong forever. So if the sun sets you free, you will be free indeed.
0: Paul writes these words today, and as I I read them, I, I feel that they were very personal words for Paul. The very commandment that promised life proved to be death to me. You see, Paul realized it wasn't about the law that he lived that would give him life. It instead gave him death. And remember, Paul believed in the law so much before his conversion, he persecuted the Christians. This is a deeply personal statement for Paul to the Christians of Rome who are still clinging to living their lives by the law. The law does not give you life. Today we see more and more Instead of funerals, we see these celebrations of life when someone dies. Now, there's nothing wrong with remembering a loved one. It helps you with the grieving, the loss, and the mourning. But you can't just stop there. If Bob or Joe or Judy or whomever was just a good person and lived by the guide of being a citizen of the United States, They fail to completely understand and know their sin and truly know the truth of Jesus Christ. We as a country are known. We are known for celebrating our freedom. I know the freedom I have of being a citizen of the United States of America because I know what others have done for me to secure that freedom for each one of us. But even more, with every fiber of my being, I know of the true freedom found only in Jesus Christ. And through my baptism, I died a death like His so that I may have eternal life like His. And the same is true for each and every one of us. When the commandment makes sin sinful, that's when we look at God. That's when we look to God for... His forgiveness. We look to God for His grace. We look to God for His mercy. And we remain in God's Word, His guide, so that we may know our sin deeper and deeper. The more that we know our sin deeper, the more we know Jesus Christ even deeper. Because in Jesus Christ that That is only where there is true freedom. Amen. Thank you once again for listening to the podcast. If you have any questions about anything that we share in our messages, any questions on faith, any just general questions, get a hold of me. I'd love to have a conversation. Thank you again for listening. Have a great day. God bless.